Tips from Trestle is brought to you by eMenu Choice Point of Sale and Clark Food Service Equipment. Welcome to Tips from Trestle, the Senior Living Food and Hospitality Podcast. This podcast explores the senior living industry with a unique focus on food, hospitality, and the community experience. I'm your host, Aaron Fish. My goal of this podcast, educate, inform, and inspire leaders in senior living. How? By bringing the resident and customer experience to the front of mind in our industry. We should bring the passionate spirit of food and hospitality to everything that we do and everyone we serve each and every day. So what are we waiting for? Let's get to it. Today on Tips from Trestle, I'm joined by Katie Churchill. Katie is a managing partner at Full Spectrum Search Group, overseeing the senior living practice on the West Coast, recruiting and retained searches for executive leadership roles. Prior to recruiting and working at Full Spectrum, Katie spent 10 years in the senior living industry as a regional sales director and sales director for companies on the West Coast. During her free time, Katie loves to spend time with her husband, her two kids, and their dog, Rivers. She loves going to Mammoth to the beach, reading, and running around with her toddlers. Katie, thanks for joining me today on Tips from Trestle. Thanks for having me, Erin. And I should also add in there, we got a puppy over Christmas. Oh. I've got two, Rivers and Holly. So, oh, I've, yeah, I I've know. been there. We had toddlers and two dogs. And when those two dogs passed, we decided we'll get another dog, but only one dog. And that will be the max until the kids are gone. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what came over me. I, I guess I love to add chaos to my life, but yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's always fun. So, well, hey, thanks for joining me. I, you know, hiring and staffing, it's been an ongoing kind of touchy subject, hot topic throughout the industry for the past year or two, especially kind of as we came out of COVID and we're trying to right the ship and, and we're back to pretty much what I would consider a normal, normal operations, but hiring and staffing has kind of slowed down. And so being the expert that you are, I wanted to, to get you on and pick your brain about what are some of the like trends that we can be looking for that'll, that'll impact hiring and staffing, some of the challenges those kinds of things. And so I'd love to kind of start first with what you see as some of the challenges with staffing. Is there anything new and interesting? Are we dealing with kind of the same things over and over? What do you see on that front? Yeah, I think a lot of times with challenges of staffing, you know, recruiting is getting harder, right? Because it's so much more competitive. You know, there are a lot of positions out there and a lot of people with exceptional skill set to do those positions. So it's, you know, recruiting in general, getting to them first before yeah. anybody else can. And then also, you know, during COVID, a lot of people did leave our industry, unfortunately. And, yeah. you know, so it's it's redeveloping even new grads, interns, that kind of stuff to really bring in to your company and organization and build on your culture. Yeah. What, you know, and you were talking about people leaving the industry. I saw a statistic from, I believe it was leading age where they were saying that in the next seven years or so, we're going to need like 9 million like caregivers to fill what's going to be the openings. And that's just mind blowing, especially when you think about, we don't need just caregivers, right? That number probably carries over in the other areas of operating a community. And so what are you seeing on that front, if anything positive? 
Yeah, I mean, we, our firm doesn't recruit caregivers or, or frontline in that way, but at least from, you know, talking to our clients and operators, a lot of it is really those job fairs, you know. I was talking to one yesterday, actually, and she had just got done with the job fair and hired 12 people on the spot. Oh, wow. You know, so keep doing those things that will continue to bring you good results of, you know, being right in front of them at all times and making it easy for them to get to you. Right. So moving job fairs to weekends, you know, after hours, those kinds of things, even going to schools, trade schools, colleges, local community colleges and you know, absorbing that new workforce that's coming in. I would have yeah. never gotten my job with senior living. My boss not hired me literally out of my internship. So, yeah. Yeah. T- yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the things I, you know, I, people are talking about is kind of some of the, the upcoming regulatory changes and conversations around staffing ratios and what that looks like. Is that a challenge that we need to be focused in on in senior living? I know a lot of that's more around maybe skilled nursing and healthcare and longer term care. Is senior living going to be impacted by that? I would say, yeah, you know, especially when you think of memory care, right, or enhanced, you know, memory support communities that are needing to have better ratios to take care of behaviors. For residents, the other thing, too, is, you know, active adult communities are certainly on the rise. And, you know, when you have a full CCRC campus or even a life plan community, you're going to need to have an increase in staffing to be there for your residents throughout their life, right, in your community. So, yeah, I mean, regulation-wise, you know, that's all, there's been a lot of changes through COVID, even of what's acceptable or not. And even for our recruiting, when it comes to clinical team members, you know, we're having to get a little bit more savvy in the licensing required for some of the states we serve. Yeah, but... Before we continue to keep all of our listeners depressed with all of these challenges, there, I want to get into the trends and things that, that we can see that might help us with staffing that are going to be things that we can really take advantage of in the space. And so, are, but are there any other challenges that you can think of off the top of your mind that we need to make sure we hit on before we switch over and do a more positive spin on hiring and staffing? Yes, I think really bigger challenges when it comes to staffing and senior living really is that recruitment piece. It is the rolling out the red carpet for every new team member. It is the retention that we have afterwards that is going to help them build the bench. I also think building your bench of of leaders in your community is super yeah. important, continuing to recruit even when the position's filled. Uh, you never know what will happen. There are really great recruiters out there that will Find your people and recruit them out of your building. So how do you make sure you're retaining them? And even then, you know, getting a little bit clever or creative, right, with with job duties and assignments and that growth that it could look for for your team members. Yeah, no, I, I, I love what you're saying there about like, if you have really good people, be on the lookout for someone coming to get them because we all want that A player on our team. And so. So I want to shift over and talk about some trends and some things that, you know, as we were preparing, we kind of talked about that got me excited about, hey, it isn't all doom and gloom. There are some things that are happening that are going to draw people into our industry that can kind of get them excited about why senior living could be the place for them to, to start a career or to change a career. And so I'd love for you to kind of talk us through some of those things that you were talking to me about before we, we jumped on here. 
Yeah. So a little bit, you know, that we're seeing is obviously technology. You know, senior living is adopting a lot more platforms and programs to use even for staffing for their communities and, you know, allowing care team members or, or med techs, right, to be able to pick their shifts, release a shift, you know, pick up overtime if they need it, you know. So there are those things that for the younger caregivers, you know, the, the younger adults that are working in our community, it, it makes it a little bit easier for them, right? And then even yeah. to, you know, with AI, right, chat GPT, yeah. and other things like that, you know, and creating job descriptions really quickly, you know, doing industry research and making blogs and social media posts, right, for uh, attracting talent to your community. I love seeing communities on TikTok and LinkedIn yeah. and Facebook, Instagram, you name it. Like, I love seeing it because you're seeing in real life, in real time, care team members and residents loving everything about their community and sharing it on social media, which will then, right, bring in other individuals like, hey, come work at this company that I'm working at. It's so great. And here they are coming into your community. So, yeah, no, I, <laughs> no, I love the social media piece because I tell clients and operators I work with, like, you need to put food on your social media platforms. You need to start showing those visuals because if you want high quality, go find those chefs, go find those foodies that they're going to come to a place where they see it happening daily. So it's a great point. And so one thing that we talked about was kind of emphasizing and developing leadership skills. What are you seeing with some of your clients and what they're doing around that that's attracting good talent? Yeah, I think having career growth outlined for your team members, any position in the community, emphasizing on the skills that they excel in, right? And then supporting the ones that maybe they need a little TLC for goes a long way, especially with retention, right? Um, see a lot of times too, when we just have on this with an operator where presented two candidates and he hired both and it was only one rule open but he created oh. a second role because he's like i cannot let this person go and let me explain why he's like yeah. this person is strategic he's very like operations focused and you know and what this person did is see so much more of like an ed type of role for him he saw so much more with a corporate team mm, and yeah. that was like really exciting to hear because i'm like wow like he didn't think right that this person might you know run the building well but he saw other skills that were like critical to where he saw his business going so i think if we can do that of you know kind of adapting to who you have in that seat now and sometimes they're not in the right seat at all yeah. but it's evaluating like where are those skill sets and where can we maybe pivot and use elsewhere? And maybe that person was feeling it too and just needed to have the conversation. Yeah, you know? no, that's a great story. And I, you know, operators, I know it can be tough to think, oh, well, I've only got one role, but do I, I need two people because they're so great. That's a, a great way to, to tackle growth, especially because we're going to have significant growth in the next five years in this industry. So we are, <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, I mean, for it. <laughs> yeah, no, bring it on, right? So what you told me this cool story about a nurse that you were trying to recruit. And it, it kind of goes with one of our trends around this intergenerational living. And I'd love you to tell this story about why this concept of intergenerational living is a trend that we need to be looking at and considering and kind of what that might mean other than just like, hey, my next door neighbor is 50 years younger than me. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to recruit that nurse one day right now. <laughs> this nurse has way too good of a setup. So one of the conversations I had was, you know, well, what would it take, right, for you to leave the position you're at? You know, come interview with mine. And this nurse is like, look, I've got daycare here, literally in my building. I was just thinking, gosh, first of all, how incredible for this, this clinical leader, right, who spends a lot of time at her community and can stop in and have lunch with her kids, right, at the building. Yeah. But then also, like, how great for these residents that can also do the same thing and go and hang out with kids. And it's and from what I understood, it was, you know, kids even after school program. Right. So even if they're 10, 12, 15 can come to the build, have a spot to do their homework. Well, like and so that granted, they don't live there. Right. But they are intergenerationally interacting at all times. And yeah. You know, I brought my son to my community after he was born and to, you know, meet all the residents. And I'm sitting there playing Mahjong and my resident literally rocks my baby to sleep. And like that, those moments, you're just like, this is, I mean, how wonderful and special for that yeah. resident. Also for me, I have a little space to rock to sleep. <laughs> right. But, you know, it's just the, the intergenerational, you know, of being able to impact the staff at all of their needs. Right. Yeah. They go every single day in their life of dropping off at school, picking up from school, you know, all of those things. But then also the resonance. Yeah. Um, pretty incredible. So I'm excited yeah. to see more of that. Yeah. No, I was talking to someone just yesterday about like, how do you create more like engagement and, and natural and organic engagement in a community? And you literally just described like a, about a hundred different touch points with this intergenerational kind of approach. And so. Um, it's definitely something that I think is, is going to continue to impact, especially as we think about uh, opportunities for, for staff going forward. When we think about wellness and sustainability, you know, it's something that has a lot of people look at those two concepts very broadly. I'd love for you to touch on that and how that can help us with staffing and hiring and bringing in the, the, the younger generation of workers to, to our industry. Yeah. You know, I think about my age group, right? And I've got two younger sisters that are 10 and 12 years younger than me, right? So we are very different generation. <laughs> but, you know, they are very into wellness and holistic. And I, you know, I am as well. You know, I I like to focus on, you know, feet planted into the ground, right? And yeah. I a lot of water, you know, the normal things. But, you know, when we see senior living 10, 15 years from now, I, I see it being a little bit more holistic around centered around the person and very personalized individual care, um, you know, rather than medications type of thing, you know, more meditation, more yoga, all of that good stuff. You know, what my parents and grandparents are currently doing right now. And then even with, you know, sustainability in communities, I live in California. So sustainability is big for us over here on the West Coast. Yeah. I had communities in Washington and Oregon, and it's the same right there. And so it's fun to see, you know, all these different like architect awards for communities that are creating eco-friendly, sustainable buildings yeah. for the residents and for the future of, of senior living. So which, in my opinion, right, would influence even my sister who's 12 years younger than me of seeing that and being excited about and being excited to work for a community that has those those things so yeah you make a great point about like how they don't on the surface they sound more like things that maybe prospects would like right like these are things that a resident moving in would appreciate but 
connecting with the 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 values and like that purpose driven mindset of those Gen Z and Gen A employees. You know, they're wanting to connect with what they're doing and doing those kinds of things you just talked about can do that and make those connections and becomes, hey, maybe I should move if everything else is equal, I'm going to move community A up because they took a little more time to address that thing that's more important to me. So that's a great point you make. So and and people want to be proud, right, of where they work, you know, and they want to yeah. scrape it from the rooftops, you know, <laughs> building one the architect award for being sustainable and eco-friendly design. And, you know, those are all things that, you know, you want your team to shout from the rooftops about your community. Not only will it bring leads in, but it also brings then leads in for employees and team members. So. Yeah, definitely. So you briefly mentioned active adult communities when we were talking about challenges, right? And I think this is an opportunity around staffing Maybe from my vantage point, a little different. So I'd, I'd love you to tell me where, if I'm wrong in this thinking. But when I think about this active adult, executive adult communities, it's kind of helping us, you know, maybe offset some of the needs in, in senior living for like assisted and independent because we don't, you don't necessarily need to move into an independent living at, at, in, earlier because of these adult, active adult communities. And so, they don't need as much staffing because, you know, they're really kind of apartments with a little bit of programming. And so when you think about this boom and active adult, are we going to see the, the, the staffing kind of be alleviated a little bit because we've got residents shifting down into that kind of subset of senior living? What, what do you think about that? Or am I completely kind of off in left field with that thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think to the community right, that, that specific community, right, would not have, obviously, caregivers or nurses on staff. You know, it is fully independent of, you know, you might seek housekeeping, you know, dining room servers and wait staff and that kind of staff operation. But then you also have to think about home health and hospice and the impact then that they will have in hiring for care team members. Me. Because, you know, that resident, right, living there could then have care from third party. So that part, you know, I think will offset in the active aging, but then increase for home health and hospice. Yeah. And home care needs. Yeah. Yeah. And I think home care is something that, you know, there's an increasing demand for. And so, you know, there's this, you know, how do we solve the middle market solution problem? And I think, I mean, that's a whole nother like series of podcasts. But (laughs) Joshua uh, for that one, because he runs wealth and hospice. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let me ask this. When you guys are, are looking at like leaders and staffing for those, do you find a lot of crossover in the oh, candidates? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Actually, Josh and I were on the phone last night about a couple of candidates we're talking to. And it's fun to collaborate, right? Even skilled nursing. It's fun to collaborate with other other organizations because every every organization has their own need of, hey, I need this candidate to be very clinically savvy. And we're like, okay. They're like, high acuity here. Make sure they're very clinically savvy. Whereas some of my operators are like, I need them very like hospitality, mayor of the community vibes. And I'm like, got it. You know, so sometimes if we have candidates that we're talking to and we can cross over, we will. But then it's also that regulation piece of, you know, do they have the regulation or the, the licensing to run a regulated community or even flip side over home health and hospice or skilled? So. Yeah. And it brings up, it's a great segue in kind of this last trend that we talked about a little bit, which is the personalized care model. 
and, and how that's going to impact that. What do you see around that? Is there anything about that that we haven't touched on that you think um, is going to impact hiring and staffing for operators? Yeah, you know, um, the personal care model of, of each resident, right? I mean, that goes into their level of care or even right. if you're a company that appoints system, whatever it might be. And um, it goes into your level of care. And I think too, um, what I love seeing is even talking to operators is they're really making sure that each resident is in the right part of their community um, before adjusting staffing, right? You might have a resident that maybe needs more memory support. So in that case, you know, you're going to encourage maybe the memory care of the community or the enhanced memory care of the community, whatever that might look like in your building. But I'm, I am seeing a lot more from companies we're talking to of just really diving in more of the resident, what the yep. resident needs today, and then adjusting to that, which I think is fantastic. You know, it's not a one size fits all type of deal. And you, you got to be flexible and bend a little bit in order to take care of the resident. Yeah. And I, I think that that will, you know, it sounds to me like we, we think again about the the younger generation we're trying to recruit, like there's a little more purpose in that personal, like I get to know this person, I get to be able to provide a little bit more personalized care. It's not just a, hey, I'm here passing out meds or a, hey, I'm here to check your blood pressure and to do those kinds of things. It's really, like you said, tailored for what those individual residents need, which I think will will definitely have an impact. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think also, you know, life enrichment gets involved a lot in that personal care model. Yeah. Of, you know, what what gets that resident up and going? And so we're seeing that and it's National Activity Professional Week, right? Yes. And <laughs> um, we're seeing a lot more of that. And we're seeing more of, you know, what that resident is going through at that moment upon moving and then tracking after. So it's exciting to see. Yeah, definitely. So Katie, as we wrap up here, what would you say is the your your biggest takeaway or the one thing you want to share with listeners about staffing and hiring and, and and what they can do to be more successful as we get deeper into 2024? Yeah, I think adapting to what our market is now, also being very quick to respond to candidates. It's very competitive with every job they're applying to. With yours, they're applying to 12 others. And I think if anything, it is that speed to lead, just like we do at sales uh, situation. And it is also then trying to determine, is this a good culture fit for a company? Maybe the schedule is not ideal for this candidate. But if it's a really great culture fit and they have the great skill set, how can we then be flexible with that candidate to have them into our community? So I think, you know, flexibility and speed to lead would be my top two. <laughs> no, for sure. That's great stuff. So how can the listeners learn more about you, Full Spectrum, connect with you if they're interested in using your services or talking to you about a position? But where can they go for that information? Absolutely. So LinkedIn, for sure. Disclosure, the inbox is wild. My email is literally <laughs> on my LinkedIn. That's the best way to get involved with me. And then also I would say my phone number is there and I have a link to my calendar. You can book time with me. And then for our, our company, Full Spectrum Search Group, and our website is specstaff.com. And like I said, you know, we recruit in all long-term care, skilled nursing, home health and hospice, and senior living. Awesome. Well, Katie, I, I always love chatting with you. This is uh, super enlightening. And I know we talked about staffing and hiring for senior living in general, but I know this applies to, to the food service pieces too. So 
thank you so much for all your knowledge and insights and bringing them today on Tips from Trestle. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> so there it is, everybody. Another one in the books. Thanks again for tuning in. Please follow, like, and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at Tips from Trestle. You can also learn more about the work I do by following me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and even TikTok. And be sure to check out Trestle Hospitality Concepts at www.trestlehospitalityconcepts.com. I'm your host, Aaron Fish, and this has been another episode of Tips from Trestle.